Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hey, Alistair Campbell. Um, thank you so much for coming back to join me. <laughs> you can talk. Where have you been? On uh, the resurgence of our very popular, commercially and critically, podcast. Is that right? That, you can say that if you want about anything. No, I only ever tell the truth. You know me. Well, uh, we've both just had some uh, commercially and critically acclaimed work come out. Am I right? Or well, the books. I had a book, my debut book. Yeah. Uh, 320 pages, uh, much longer than yours. Yours was more like a, a sort of pamphlet ebook kind oh, of thing. Uh, mine was a proper book, got in the top 10. Uh, have you noticed, you did, by the way? actually. I've, I've, you I'm, beat me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a lot like Moira in Shits Creek. Uh, David. David. Bebe. Bebe. Is that the best telly of the lockdown? Shits Creek is, uh, is second to none, in my opinion. Mm. Comedy, it's, it's, in terms yeah. of like... The thing that's made me the most happy in the last few months. So since we have done our last episode of this podcast, lots has happened. A lot has happened. Lots of people are asking where the hell the podcast has gone. Yeah, well, you know, to personal news, uh, Grace went through a breakup, so she didn't really want to be, um, you know, talking to her dad much. Well, you talked about You talked the whole time. You never <laughs> left me alone. <laughs> No, but also I was just busy with my book, you know. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair so, enough. so we had a little hiatus, and um, and then you know my dad, we we mainly um, uh, communicate on Twitter DM, and he Twitter DM'd me just saying begging me, begging, 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 Grace, can we bring the podcast no, back? That's actually not true. I, I was more influenced by people who, it's like my excellent Instagram lives, which get many many thousands of viewers each day. The the people when you do stuff, people say, why aren't you still doing it? And I felt with the podcast, there were people who were saying, including, actually, our guest today, he was one of the reasons we're doing this podcast, because he was saying, yes. when is your podcast coming back? And then he started saying, when, when can I, can I, I on come it? on it? Because now he's a celebrity. Well, I mean, he's not, you know, he's, sort of, he's, he's, he's a again? celebrity. Cele- <laughs> celeb. But so that's what, so we had a little break and probably good for our relationship and our friendship. Um, oh, and obviously, you know, I've been... 
in a very um, self-obsessed phase of life. Sorry, it started in 1994, <laughs> that did. <laughs> so I've just been wrapped up in my own little bubble, but now I'm back to talk about everything and including anything. Including yourself. Including myself <laughs> with um, my best friend and um, business partner and employee. Dadager. Mm. So how have you been? I've been all right. I'm hating the third lockdown. Mm, me too. It. Um and I, I just, I can't understand why there isn't more anger at the bloody government and how useless they are. Mm, I think um, we don't need to go into that. Okay, Grace. I, I just think, you know, you keep saying... I okay, all right. No, no, let me make my point. Let me make my point. No. You keep saying, why aren't people angry? I don't think people aren't angry. They're just really bored of speaking into the vacuum. It doesn't really go anywhere because what can you do? Well, that means so, politics is So the energy then. that you use saying that is wasted energy right now. It's stagnant. And I would rather be on a higher, vibrating on a higher frequency than that. <laughs> okay, let's get to a higher frequency. How do we get there? Okay, so we get. To Don't need to do that loud laughing all the time. We get to a higher frequency yeah. by channeling the energy of our ancestors, who were on your your mum was on a high frequency. She was very positive. She was, yeah, very optimistic. Your what mom. did you think of that picture I showed you the other day of your your great grandmother? I mean, you Tyree. can t- you can tell we're related. Yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah, yeah. Scottish, Scottish genes are strong. Character, big yeah. character in that face. Yeah. Mm. The Scottish genes are very strong, mm. à mon avis. Um, but we, so we've been, uh, yeah, we've been not really, not really doing much else. But that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been up here every day, so sort of keeping busy, but in a very kind of, I don't know, I'm unmotivated sort of mm. way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but now we've got now we're back. We've got the podcast. We've, back, we've got the podcast, and we can just. Is it still hang called out. football feminism and everything in between? Yeah, it's sort of football feminism and Grace Campbell. You know, talking a bit about what she's up to that week. Okay, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> don't need to do that laugh. I'm gonna do it to annoy you. No, just don't, don't, because it fucking annoys. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we welcome our guest? I think we should. So, um. Uh, th- this this is a person who is competing with Alistair, my father, for a title at the moment, and it's a much lauded after title, which you've spent a lot of money and time <laughs> trying to earn. Your whole life. Your whole life and money and leaving work trips and holidays to go to your happy place, which is... I think is... if you Google, if you Google Alistair Campbell, Burnley's most famous fan, I mean, it, you get a lot of hits for that, Yeah, right? but... What if you Googled who is Burnley's most famous fan? Have you done that? No, should we do that? If you Google Alistair Campbell, Burnley famous fan, obviously hits come up because you're typing your name into the answer there. Right, okay. Um, But if you Googled who is Burnley's most famous fan... Oh, God, Grace, I don't want to do this because it might... Hey, Siri, who is that Snoop Dogg? Let's have a look at this one, okay. Um, no, absolutely zero sign of Alistair Campbell so no, there's, far. There's, uh, that guy's from Coronation Street. <laughs> Jimmy Anderson's there. This is from the Clitheroe Advertiser. Uh, there, Alistair Campbell. Alistair Campbell's there. Uh, mm. John Kentley, the weatherman. Sam Aston, a.k.a. Dad, you're really in an article with some absolutely H-list Sorry, Jimmy Anderson is one of the greatest fast bowlers of all time. What does that Thank mean? Thank you very much. So he's competing with you, anyway. He's competing with you yeah. for a title. And what is the title? Burnley's most famous football fan. <laughs> Obviously, Snoop Dogg's <laughs> taking the lead on that one. But he's just come out of 
The Jungle, which was filmed mm. in Wales. I'm a celebrity. Yeah. Get me out of here. Which I was honest enough to admit to him I've never watched. You've never watched, <laughs> but you're also honest enough to say you got offered half a million to go on. Yeah. Um, I can't wait till they fact check that. And he is a BBC One presenter and he is from your neck of the woods, up, right? Up north. Up north. Yeah. And his name is... Jordan, Jordan North. north. Jordan, how are you? Uh, good, thanks. Yeah, it's been a bit um, bit hectic since I've come back from the castle. But yeah, all good. All why good. why I mean, aren't you wearing any Burnley outfits? Because I've, um, I've just done an interview for BBC Sport to predict the FA Cup results this weekend. And um, I didn't want to look too keen because every interview I do now, I've got a Burnley. Burnley top you on. do. I've been proper stalking you, and every time, even the Burnley Christmas jumper. So I just think that Jordan, you're slightly more dedicated than my dad is oh, now. I'd, I'd I'd say so. I mean, I'm I'm looking at your dad's. Do you want me to put some at Burnley on? Uh, I feel no, because like... you're obviously not a proper fan. And also, your email address. I won't give your email address out, but it's got no Burnley reference at all, whereas mine has. Yeah, because. I don't know if you remember, Grace, like in year nine, year 10, when you set up your first mm. email address, the teachers tell you it can't be anything silly, so it can't be oh, like... Oh, so you couldn't change it. No, his, oh. his email address is very much like a year nine student. Yeah. Like mine was like baby blue, because that was yeah. my favourite colour, and yours is claret, because that's yeah. your favourite colour. <laughs> and then, here's my, Jordan and I live in the real world. Here's my favourite ever Burnley kit, the one with the claret V. Do you remember that? When one? is that from, like the 1950s? 70s. 70s, 70s, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, do you know what? I'm not just saying, I've been looking forward to coming on because I, I listen to this podcast and I think, it, I'm not just saying it, I think it's great. I've heard, oh, you've had some really good, I remember when you did one with Kay Burley, that was really like, mm. she doesn't do many interviews just Kay Burley, does she? Um, well, Jordan, we've revived it for you. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh really? We we've had a we've had a while off, haven't we? We've had a long while off because Grace had this uh, this. I don't know if you're aware of this rather book. rude book. I know. By the way, I was so chuffed that you did you did a little Instagram saying you read that. So can I ask you? Are you into mental health? Yeah, I, I mean, I think at Radio One we started the conversation a couple of years ago, talking about mental health. Um, with our listeners, and we just found that it got uh, a really positive reaction. So, yeah. Have you, have you, have you ever had um, struggles? I think I haven't, but then during the last lockdown, I think like men, the first lockdown, I think many, uh, many people have. And, mm. it, you know, it, I, I won't give too much away, but a very good friend of mine only called me last week, and we were on the phone for about an hour and a half, and Basically, he's struggling. Now, if you met this mate of mine, you would. Like, in the pub, he's the loudest in the room. He's he's the funniest guy you'll ever meet. And I was just like, and he was on the phone in, in, in tears. So, mm. yeah, I think with what's going on over the past year, I think it's affecting a lot of people's mental health. So mm. I've been, you know, and I've, I've read a couple of, of your other books as well. And I've seen this. So I've, I've got a big stack, a big pile of books that I need to get through. So, yeah, I just started reading that. Um, when I come out of the castle, actually, it was the first book I started. So, yeah. I mean, I think, like, it, it is right now, I would say, there is, I don't know anyone who isn't finding it <clears throat> particularly difficult, but it, in a way, it's quite nice to, to know that, like, people like that are reaching out to you um, because they feel you're some, like, he feels you're someone 
that he can talk to. You must have quite a like open mentality to mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And it and it and I think because of the conversations we had, and because now in football as well, he's a big he's a big football fan, and you've got footballers coming out and talking about mental health, and um, a lot of lads who wouldn't in the past, and who are in like the public eye, they're coming out and talking about their mental health and their struggles. And he just, he just texted me and said, I really need to talk to you. And then he, he rung me and I was shocked at first. Um, but we had a good chat and, it, and it's good. It's good that we're talking about it. And I know, and I feel like sometimes when you talk about mental health, it feels like someone behind your shoulders doing the eye roll going all of this again, if you get what I mean. But I think it's, there's still a lot of work to do with it. And what did you, what did you advise him? I I just told like basically I've been on the phone to him every day this week, um, and I said to him, "You, um, if you're still feeling like this, call the doctor, speak to the doctor." There's, you know, he went, "Oh, I've never, when I've never done anything like that before. I've never thought about." Um, his mum's worried about him as well, and he, he said, I, "I've never thought that I'd have to take medication." I'm like, it, it, "They won't put you on antidepressants straight away." From what I gather, it's, you speak to the doctor if you're still feeling like this in a week. I said, "I give him a bit of a deadline," um, and I said, "Call him, uh, call the doctor in a week." And I've texted him and called him every day since. I think I'm more wary of it as well. Um, my my dad's best friend killed himself when he was twenty nine, thirty. And I've spoken to my dad briefly about it, and he just said, "You know, my dad was in the army and stuff like that. His best mate wasn't, but you know, my dad said he just didn't talk about it back then. He mm-hmm. um, he had a lot of things going on personally. He'd split up with his wife and that kind of thing. So I'm always cautious about it, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's a conversation now that we're having, and it's definitely helping people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also that thing of like." Um... Check, you know it's an instagramable quote now but check in on your stronger friends like mm. the people who always seem like they're fine because it's that thing that you express like when someone who in my head which is so basic but seems fine then says they're really struggling I'm like fuck I just wouldn't have known that I wouldn't have known yeah. and it's that that's like me and it's you have to sort of check in on everyone you know the people who say they're fine and it's this, the ones it's this something that became apparent recently I think I read it or somebody said it on an interview where they, we just say to each other um how are you? you go yeah i'm fine like you automatically say it i always say yeah i'm yeah smashing how are you like you just don't even realize you're saying it it's just an instant reply so how are you now has become like an existential question mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's like, i've started to say to people how are you and don't give me the bullshit answer you're down you're sounding a bit faint For me yeah could you speak a little bit louder Alistair better. Campbell's sounding faint. I never thought. He I'd does. I know. Jordan, story of my life is my dad telling me I sound loud and him whispering. No, I don't. I don't no, I don't say you sound loud. I say you are loud. <laughs> um, Jordan, what did you what did you learn about yourself in the? Um, and by the way, can I just tell you, I'm very proud of that. I've never watched a single minute of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here in my entire life. But yeah. I've had to read quite a lot because it's in the newspapers quite a lot. But just tell me, I'm sort of vaguely aware of what goes on. What did you learn about yourself in that? I mean, I've said this whilst I was in there. It was for me just it, it, you could people were saying you could tell my confidence growing day by day. I I was genuinely scared of everything before I went in, and I lived my life in this nice little safe, comfortable bubble lane, and I never used to dip my toe in other waters. And I've got a lot of phobias. I mean, I don't even get in lifts. 
I'm very claustrophobic. I'm terrified of flying, so I don't really travel that much. God, and you went on I'm a Celeb. Yeah, and um, <laughs> lots of people are like, why did you do it? Why did you do it? It was too good of an opportunity to turn down. There was a, there was a good number of reasons why I did it, but I, I, and I, I learned that I was a lot braver than what I thought. And when you put your mind to something, you can really do it. And actually, the, you're allowed to get a note from your family after two weeks in there. And I got a little note from my mum saying, you're stronger and braver than what you think. So that's what I learned. I was brave. I had to get in a coffin full of snakes. I mean, I'm claustrophobic. I'm terrified of snakes. What's, annoying, is, what's annoying as well is, like, I'm trying to ignore it, but people are still thinking it's all fake and it's all an act. And I'm like, no, I am. T-. And you can tell, and um, I've talked about this before, just to get in, it took me an hour to do it. I actually, you know, Deck was the reason why I went in. He said, breathe. And my idea was I was going to go in as soon as they shut the door and then the snakes started coming through. I was going to say, I'm a celebrity, get me out of there. I thought, I'll do a minute and then at least I can go back to the camp and say, right, we're not going to eat tonight, but at least I got in. And then I just thought, I thought of the happy place, uh, which is now yeah. Because um, my brother's a paratrooper, so he's he said to me before I went in, no matter how scared, cold, how much you're missing home, go to your happy place. So I was meant to go to it in my mind, but I just kept saying it out loud, <laughs> happy place, happy place, Turf Moor, because like you, Alistair, it's it's when I'm at my happiest when I'm on Turf Moor. It's escapism for 90 minutes. You is, your brother a, is, your, is your brother's happy place Turf Moor as well? I'd say so. All, all my brother, I'm one of four boys and we're all... Huge Burnley fans, my dad as well, my uncles. Well, listen, what did you, right, your dad was a professional soldier, your brother's in two Paris, so he's like, let's put him, <laughs> in, right, he's one of the hard guys, right? Yeah. And you are like, sort of going, oh, snakes, and oh, I'm scared. I mean, yeah. what, what do they think? Well, my dad always said, I knew you weren't going to join the army when I picked you up from after school drama. Because it was because like, <laughs> my little brother was in the army for a bit. All his brothers are in the army. My cousins are like we're a proper army military family. Um, but they they when I first told them, they were like, "Are you are you sure you're going to be able to do this? Because you are scared." I mean, the first ever episode, Alistair. I know you didn't see it. Ten minutes in, we got told I was abseiling off a cliff, and I was sick. I spewed up because I was so scared. Um, I know I don't know if you've seen it, Grace, but I was just. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I think you can tell you're genuinely fucking terrified as well. Like it's not. Yeah. It, you can, it's like if you did it, Dad, you would be absolutely shook of everything. Well, it's an thing, Jordan. How, how much did you get? Because I got off with half a million a few years back. Get lost? Did you really? <laughs> I can't remember. Oh. If it was, I can't remember if it was the jungle or one of the other ones. But I've been asked by all of them, and half a million was the top bid. Wow! But I couldn't. I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever ever do it. I, I won't lie to you. Um, and yeah, being honest, one of the reasons why I did it was cut the money. You know, I didn't get anywhere near that. Trust me. But I'd, um, I'd, I'd, a lot, I needed the money. I mean, I don't yeah, know, COVID. I'd, like <laughs> I lost all my. I'm not complaining because there's so many people in worse situations. You know, there's families who have got two kids and both mum and dad have lost their jobs and stuff. But mm. I, you know, I'd, I'd lost all my DJ gigs, all my work during the week. It all just dried up. I was. Back then, I was only on one show a week on Radio One, so I was like, you know, I need that wasn't the main reason, but that was one of the reasons. I'm not going to lie, the money. Um, but yeah, they didn't offer me that much. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I feel like I, I actually think you'd be hilarious on it, Dad, because you'd be so shit. I think you'd be, be so great on it. Shit. And uh, Jordan, he is terrified of everything. No, I'm not. I'm terrified of snakes. I'm terrified of ketchup, blood. 
terrified of camping. You're terrified mm. of your princess. I I I think you should genuinely think about doing it if you got offered because you the the public would see the side of you that I think people don't see. So when I hear you on podcasts and stuff, and when I hear you do interviews, you're like, this isn't the Alistair that you see. Not ranting on Twitter, but you're very like you've you've got you know you're not afraid to share your opinion. I'm too and I. No, I'd like people to see the side of you that I hear. Listen, don't get me wrong. I think you'd get voted for every trial in the beginning. I do. Right. Yeah, um, yeah because public, people would love to see that. You. They'd love to see Alice the Campbell. Uh, you'd have, you know, all the Tory eating, party. Eating shit. Yeah, all the Tory party on Twitter getting people <laughs> to vote for you and stuff like that. So, Is that how it works? The public vote for who gets the most pain? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. And because I was... But what was it... it? So wait, so what, because you were sick, they then voted for you loads? Cause Basically, because I was sick on the be... top of this cliff, they thought, right, this guy's not going to last two minutes. So they, for the first week, I pretty much did every trial. Um, and listen, yeah. are you, apart from the letter from your mum and dad, are you genuinely not aware of what's happening in the outside world? No idea. So you, you don't, no, you don't know what's going in. You know, like, jokingly, um, one day I got in the shower with Shane Ritchie for a laugh and Next thing you know, apparently they, they, they showed that. There was there was one bit that you forget about, like Shane got me to pull his finger, he did the pull my finger trick. Like apparently they showed like there's so much you've no idea what's going on. You can't no, but I mean, do you know what's happening in the world? So like for example, if if I don't know, President Obama was shot, would you know about it? No, and we didn't know about we didn't know about I only found out about Maradona when I got out. I played oh, with wow. yeah, yeah, my mum said to me. Yeah, my mum said to me, oh, Madonna's dead. I went, oh, God, that you're joking. She went, your dad never liked him after that handball. I went, oh, that's Maradona. <laughs> she got her own one mixed up. I went, that's Maradona. I went, Madonna's died. She went, no, Maradona. I was like, oh, yeah. So when you came out, right, like I was thinking about this today. It's like when I go out without my phone for like half an hour, when I get back, I'm always so nervous at like how many notifications I'll have. When you came out and looked at your phone, was it just like, did you want to have a panic attack and die? Yeah. And do you know yeah. what? This is what I'll say to anyone that thinks going in, they take your phone off your week before, right? And that first day is horrible because then your name's out there. So you're like, you don't know what sort of people are coming out of the woodwork. Is anybody selling stories? You're like, oh. it's horrific. You don't know what's being said. Um, so that first day is horrible but then that and they don't tell you so for example like I remember when Joel Domit went on I'm a Celeb and his his nude got leaked while he was in the jungle Mm. but would would they have not they wouldn't have told him that that had happened they I will say this and again they've got a really good aftercare team with you know they check in with you um, they they have a really good team that look after you the weekend there. They come and see you every day and have a chat to see how you are. But yeah, you, you only unless something horrible happened to a friend or family is the only way they get in touch. But I found it really cathartic after a week or so. I was like, this is this is great. Is that the right word? Like this is great in the week. Has it changed your relationship with your phone since? Do you know what it had when I come out and I've gone back to old ways? Like when I come out, I was like, I don't need it. And in there, we were all saying to each other, I'm just going to get an old school flip phone. Like, I don't need to. <laughs> That's like such a classic, like being on acid with your yeah. friends. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like I don't need technology. <laughs> four in the morning, you're like, yeah, let's screw this. But um, I've gone back to, but yeah, you, when they take your phone off, yeah, 
it is horrible. And But in there, everyone was saying how nice it was not having phones because the first two, three days, you're having these really deep conversations with people that you've watched on telly you've never met in your life. I mean, I'd met Victoria Derbyshire because I, I used to be her tea boy, so that was a bit weird. But um, you, you're having proper deep conversations and, yeah, and that's because you're not on your phone. Amazing, amazing. Dad, so, you'd also fucking hate that. What, not being on the phone? Yeah. Yeah, probably, but I think you would get used to it. I would be worrying, I definitely would be worrying about what was happening out the outside world. I mean, that's... Yes, because you think you control it all. Yeah, exactly. I'm stepping in my office and I'm, I'm putting Joe Biden in power today and, you know, I'm going to save the planet. Yeah. Or, uh, no, I'd, worry, I'd really worry about that. But then I guess it might just make you realise that actually you don't have that much. All of us, we don't have that much power and control over anything. It, yeah, and honestly, you've got so much time to think in there. Like, you realise, you're like, I'm going to do, like, I said to myself, do you know what I was like, if I can get in a coffin full of snakes, I know this sounds ridiculous, I've never been to New York. I was like, I'm going to get on a plane and go to New York. You know, I'm going to travel more. I only get on a plane if I absolutely have to, and it's usually when I've had a lot of Valium and a lot of whiskey before. So, What do you feel, what do you feel on the, I'm interested in phobia. So I, I'm, I'm, I've got phobia of snakes and Grace, you know, saltomophobia, look one up, that one up, is fear, irrational fear of ketchup products. Oh. And I've got that. Wow. Um, and it's because of blood. It's people who are scared so, of blood. Yeah. yeah. But but I, when, when, there is something about countering a fear that's really important. And so what do you feel? I've never, I remember when Dennis Bergkamp used to have to get driven to games in Europe, playing mm-hmm. for Arsenal or Holland because he was scared of flying. What is the fear that you, what, what is it like when you have that fear? But for me, I genuinely used to get on and think this could be it. This is me. We could die. And... I think it'd be the worst way to die on an aeroplane. Like, I know that sounds dramatic. So that's the biggest... Sometimes, when I used to get off an aeroplane, I used to sometimes felt like coming up and kissing kissing the ground because I was that scared of it. So you, thought you, were the, maybe you thought you were the Pope. Yeah. That, he that. <laughs> yeah, he kisses the flat. That's what I felt like doing, <laughs> like the Pope. Um, so that it's a big fear. It is so hard and you might... And, like you read books about it, so fear is the worst thing because then you can't think straight and your mind's racing and you can't, you know, I, I thought I'd lost my, I remember being at um, the airport once convinced I'd lost my passport and I had it in my hand because I was so scared. I was looking everywhere. Mm. I was looking in my pockets. I was looking in my bag. I've run halfway running back to Burger King where I'd been before to have something to eat. And that's, that's what it's like. For that me. sort of sounds like that's what happens to me when I'm having a panic attack. I mean, it sounds like a sort of, it's a form of anxiety because like the thing about, I get the thing about planes. My best advice to you, because I got over my phobia of planes by pretending. Did you ever go to the science museum when you were a kid and there was this simulator and you're in a simulator and it looked like you were on a plane? Right. So when I'm on a plane now, I pretend I'm in a simulator. So I just tell myself it's not real. I'm on the ground. See, now I have a, because when I was younger, I couldn't, I have a couple of whiskeys and that usually helps. And the doctor prescribes me uh, medication for it and it usually just conks me out. And I'm, So whiskey, whiskey and Valium, uh, other, yeah, I mean, <laughs> other remedies are available. Some doctors will be listening and going mad at because they tell you not to have a drink on them and it's very important you don't, but that for me, it just... No, it, do what you've got to do. It don't takes the, to, it takes the edge off. Taming, it takes, do what you've got to do. It takes the edge off for me and I can get on the plane and I'm like, I'm calm. And that was the first time I did that was when I flew to Florida with my parents when I was 21. And I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah, so 
Also, the other thing, Jordan, now that you're rich and famous, just fly first class. That makes the whole thing <laughs> so much easier. <laughs> I don't know about I've never been first class. I've never gone anywhere first class. Um, all of your phobias will be gone. I don't think, <laughs> like... I don't think I've even been on a train first class, you know. Oh, get yourself oh. an upgrade every now and again, Jordan. But yeah. this, is, this, is, this is why I think I've never bumped into you on games because I I get I think I get the same train as you before all this on a Saturday because I've been in London three years now and I thought why have I never seen him <gasps> at the station you must God, be Dad, you're so out of touch you're so out of touch it's, 50, reality, it's, it's an extra, look Jordan I get the nine I usually get the nine thirty oh I get the eight thirty oh, I get the nine thirty to Preston and Paul Fletcher picks me up ah uh, see I get the eight thirty and then my cousin picks me up so we're in the pub for twelve in right well I don't go in pubs I think pubs are bad. Yeah, so I'm, unless, I'm, unless they're named after the gaffer. Yeah, the Dyke. So, so yeah, so I get I get the nine thirty, and and obviously I travel. You know, I just walk onto the train. I sit in the first available seat. And... He goes in first class. <laughs> <laughs> He's a successful man. He's yeah, but listen, man. Jordan. While we're on while we're on Burnley, um, you know, I've spent a large part of my life being described as Burnley's most famous fan. Okay, and you know. If I can just suggest something to you, you call yourself a proper fan. You went on a TV program in the jungle, in the castle, knowing that you would miss some Burnley games. How can you even think of doing that? Did you get any? Did you did you find out any of the results when you were in there? I was so uh, I was trying I can't to believe pester, pester a security guard. Mm. Um, I was just I said to him because I, I, um, I was like, please. I was just trying to, because you're not allowed to speak to anyone. So when you're like traveling from the castle over to the trails, I was like, just give me a sign. I was going, Burnley, just nod if we want. And couldn't get anything from him. So that was one of the first, <laughs> first things. I couldn't get anything. And I once went in to the Telegraph. This is like their, their equivalent to the diary room. And I was speaking to one of the producers. I was like, look, I'll give you 100 quid when I get out of here. I was like, <laughs> I, I said, Anytime I remember saying to him, I went, anytime you're in Burnley, you'll never have to pay for a pint again. And I, I give him something else. And then I went, that's my final offer. I said, just tell me if we beat Man City or not. And I knew we probably had him. And you knew it'd be 5 nil as well. <laughs> I knew it'd be 5 nil. <laughs> but yeah, I had my special item in there. I don't know if you've seen that. My special mm. item was my Burnley scarf. Yeah. And um, I've just this week sent out Burnley t-shirts and a Burnley goodie bag to all my other camp mates. Oh. I saw that and I was thinking again you're sort of you're really taking the taking the light from dad as the most famous fan. I do remember we need to go to a Burnley match with the two of you yeah. and see who gets more attention. Yeah, Once COVID's over, that will be the marker of it. Who gets more attention? I think there's a better way of working this out. Uh, how many grounds? Did you see my tweet this morning? I woke up in the middle of the night, working out how many away grounds I've been to. Oh, it's I don't a, think this is fair because Jordan's thirty years younger. Hundred and one. I've I've been to my fair few, and I, and when we were like, so I I've been watching. I was talking about it for my first ever Burnley game. Chris Waddle was our manager. So what was that? Ninety seven, right. ninety eight. Before. So we time. were we were struggling then. Division two. So. I, I remember my dad coming into my school on a Wednesday or a Tuesday even, it would have been a Tuesday, and getting me and me and our Ryan out of school, out of class early. He was like, what's up, what's up? And he took us to watch Grimsby. Like We travelled to Grimsby from Catrick Garrison or somewhere, wherever we were posted. So I remember going, I've been to like, I've, I've been, I say to all my mates, I've been to the rubbish grounds. I've been to your Gillingham's. 
No offence yeah. to Gillingham's. I've been to Grimsby. I've been, we used yeah. to always get Crew or Rotherham on Boxing Day. I don't know if you remember. Oh, we had a lot of Barnsley on Boxing Day as well. Barnsley on Boxing Day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The thing is about Burnley fans, Grace, you probably notice it, is because we always go on about Burnley and we're always proud of Burnley because it's so, people don't realise how much of a tiny town it is. And yes, like you've got the towns on the outskirts like Skipton and Keighley um, that are Burnley fans and Paddyham and what have you, but it's such a small town and the club has always punched above its weight, especially now we're in the Premier League. So we just feel like we've got to scream and shout about it. You can fit the entire population of Burnley into Old Trafford. Yeah, like, yeah it's it's mad. So that's why we're proud of it. Like, yeah, we always go on about it. It's the first thing I ever mentioned to anyone. Yeah, you're, I know. You're, I mean, it's the same with you, Dad. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely special. And also, like me, like me, you were born in Yorkshire, not Lancashire. Yeah, well, um, I was born in York because my my dad was posted out there. It used to be an army barracks, Strensel, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, we've lived everywhere. We lived we lived in Berlin, lived in Northern Ireland, uh, North Yorkshire, down south Tidworth, I think it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, the big army barracks there, so we've pretty much been everywhere. Um, but even through all of that, is that is is it because your dad's from Burnley? Like, how did the identity of Burnley? Yeah, but my mum and dad are from Burnley. I say I'm from Burnley. Like, there's a thing in the army, you, you say where your parents are from. Um, I, I've only lev- ever lived in Burnley um, as a child for a year. I went to primary school there. But um, when I was 11, we got posted to Wheaton Barracks, which is in Blackpool. So it's like round the corner from Burnley. So, uh, And I spent, I spent pretty much most of my summer holidays in Burnley. We used to go and stay at my grandma's. So all my family are from there as well. I don't have a Burnley accent compared to people from Burnley. Believe have you? Um, you mentioned Blackpool there. I was looking. I've done a lot, obviously, in a lot of research. I, I looked at Wikipedia, and I loved the thing that you were the one of your first jobs was the in-house G- DJ yeah. at the Black, Blackpool Pleasure Beach. So, yeah. So it was called Kit Kat Radio, and then it rebranded to Holiday Rock Radio. <laughs> and it was. And I've got to tell you this. I remember it was. Little pet paper slips and people used to come in, used to give them a shout out. And I was like 19, 20 and thought I was the dog's bollocks, like proper DJ. And I'll never forget this woman coming and she was smoking a fag. She went, we give our Ebony Louise a shout out. I was like, yeah, sure. Is it a birthday? She went, no, we've lost her. We've not seen her for two hours. <laughs> and it's the, it's the name Ebony Louise has always stuck with me. The name Ebony Louise has always stuck with me. And I was like, oh, right, you, you really need to go to security and... <laughs> so it was I did it for summer holidays for two two summers I did it and I absolutely loved it. Who was listening? Just it used to go around the 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 theme park. So Oh my to, god, that's so fun. Yeah, and it was I, I tell you what, they used Was to, that your first gig? That was a prop yeah, my first proper gig out. Uh, I did student radio and then in the summer holidays someone told me about this. And I remember there was a lad from Burnley from there and he said, Oh, he said, you can't speak like normally on the radio. And he used to speak and then put a proper DJ voice on. I remember him saying to me, you, you, you'll never get a job speaking like how you do. And it, yeah, I loved it. It was good pay that. I think I got paid. Wait, what do you mean? Because you had to speak with like the, the sort of BBC radio yeah, voice? Like, or oh, oh, yeah, I want a DJ voice. Hi. Well, and did you ever do that? No, never. I, I never good. did. I, 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 used to work at, um, I used to work at a radio station in, in Lancashire. And the guy used to come in on a Sunday and we were both really young girls. And he's like, yeah, there's McDonald's there for you, pal. Went, go and have a sig. I'll, I'll sig up here. I'll sort it out. And then he'd say, see you later, cop. Ta-ra, pal. And then he'd go on the radio and go, hi. 
How are you? <laughs> Drop us a text and let us know if you're feeling Sunday morning loves. And he had a stronger accent than me. And I always thought, that's weird. That's weird. That is really funny. See, when you did drive time, you used to do drive time on Radio Language, didn't you? Uh, did you Rock have... FM, Rock FM it was. Rock FM, sorry, yeah. Did, yeah. Did, did, did you have to talk about Blackburn? Yes. Um, so How was that? Uh, again, I this Rock FM's a massive station in Lancashire, although its predominant audience is in Preston. Uh, and Preston fans hate Burnley, but we, we just hate Blackburn. So the, the one of the guys, a, a mentor of mine called Adam Catrell, who's now on um, TalkSport and stuff, he's a really good guy. He said to me, I said to him, I'm not going to mention I'm a Burnley fan. He went, tell him from day one. He went, tell him from day one. Because he said, and it's big in Blackburn as well, he's Rocky fan. And he went, if you don't, you're lying to yourself. And I promise you, I told him I'm a Burnley fan. And for six months, my figures dipped. I nearly got <laughs> I'm not joking, because I mentioned it. And people just, people were like, I'm not listening to a dingle. How can you have a dingle on, on a Preston Blackburn station? And then just gradually, we started getting, you're all right for a dingle. And my figures started growing but honestly because I'm a Burnley fan I nearly got the sack after six months Wow! and I thank him he said just be honest with him just tell him you're a Burnley fan because mm. Burnley aren't that well liked in like no I know I've I've seen some fucking crazy fights in my life mm. so have you been Burnley. on many games then Grace yeah I was take I've been to quite a few haven't I dad you've never really enjoyed it though have you I don't you know Jordan if you listen to the podcast I don't love football mm. um I, went, I love no, the no. drama of it, I, and I love the drama of, like, we once saw a... What was it? It was Burnley-Blackburn. Do you remember when there was the fucking crazy fights yeah, going on? Yeah, it's mad. And I loved that. I mean, I love watching drama and fights unfold. I just love to see I remember, it. I remember going to a Middlesbrough game with Grace on Boxing Day, and it was nil-nil. It was freezing cold. It was a terrible game. And I remember Grace just turning and saying, I cannot believe you do this every single week. <laughs> wow, I know. <laughs> Sometimes it, it was painful. Some games watching, but I remember the first time we ever beat Blackburn was the first time my, my dad had seen us beat them. I think that was 2014. Um, he won. Honestly, honestly, Scott Arfield scored, didn't he? Scott Arfield yeah. scored and then ran the whole length of the pitch. That's it. And honestly, I coming into Burnley because we had to. You have to still get <coughs> a coach. Like you still got to get a coach driven by the police because it's that rough. Coming into Burnley, it felt like we'd won the FA Cup. There were fans on the bridge with every bridge on the M65 coming in. Like nobody went into work the next day. You went into town on the Sunday and everyone would, it felt like we'd won the FA Cup. So yeah. yeah. Jordan, do you have any, so my dad's got loads of superstitions with Burnley matches. So like he takes off his shoelaces before he gets <laughs> to the ground and then puts them back on when he gets no. there. And then another one is that he, um, he doesn't let my mum go to Burnley because once she was there and they were losing and then he made her leave the ground and then Burnley won. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything like that, like a pair of boxers or like a lucky charm? Yeah, I've got a, a lucky shirt. It's a 19, I think it's a 1960 shirt and I have to wear that and it's too small for me now because I got it about 12 years ago but I, I got it <laughs> when we started playing well. Um and when we like first went up, um, Owen Coyle got us promoted. He's got stains down it. I couldn't get it for you now. He's got stains, Guinness marks all down it. But I've got to wear that. And the only time, um, the only time I didn't wear it was, I thought, no, it's fine. You met your own luck in life. Uh, the only time I didn't wear it was when we were last in the championship and we got we got beat two 0 by Preston on the fifth of December. 
and it was raining, pissing down all day, and we were awful that day. We, yeah. just, we won the league that season. I think it, I think that was the only time we got beat at home in a year. Yeah. We won the league that season, and we were bad that day because I didn't have my shirt. Because you didn't wear the shirt. Yeah. That yeah. is what yeah, I love so about I'll, I'll give you a, the you know, self-belief in a football fan. Yeah. Is well, listen, Jordan, you want, <laughs> you want me to see this? The one, the, the one that I try to persuade my kids, and I've also tried this with Sean Dyche, who doesn't buy it either, right? If you're a player, Right. I know they don't do it anymore, but you know they used to do the thing, uh, today's crowd, 17,429, thank you for your support. Right. If the guy said 17,428 rather than 429, there is a possibility that one of the players might react differently to that sound and then make a different movement, and that can change the whole game. So not going yeah, can change that the game. Is different. That That's is different. To whether or not Jordan's wearing a T-shirt, they're not saying that the 2,078 person is also wearing their lucky T-shirt. That's very different to something that a player can directly hear from the pitch. But now that Jordan's risen to the to, to the the heights of being Burnley's second best known fan, <laughs> uh, yeah, some of the players might clock him as he's going in. He might be hanging around as the team bus arrives, and and you know. One of them says, I, do, I, I don't know, maybe that <laughs> Nick Pope says to Charlie Taylor, hey, there's Jordan North in his top. I fucking hate about celebrities. You get a grip, Dad. Okay. I, I, they don't care that much. I don't they do not lost. care. I don't think I'm lost. You've, you've got that fella from the Safe Style adverts. What's he called? Jeff. <laughs> says, you buy one, you get one free. Right now. Jeff Brown. Jeff yeah, Brown. He's famous. <laughs> But, yeah. He's more famous than both of you I, combined. You say famous. See, I, I, I still feel it weird. So about, God, when was it now? Probably about a year ago, two years ago, I got a phone call, right? And I answered it. I went, all right, Jordan, it's Ben Meir. I was like, oh, fuck off. I thought mate winding me up. I nearly put phone down. And he went, oh, I got your number off Darren. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking for a DJ at my 30th. I wonder if you come. I was like... <laughs> like this to me, Dad. Went, me so I find it weird because I still like grow up and like admiring these players. They're like your heroes, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll be there." So I invited my little uh, my little brother down, and I went and DJed at his thirtieth, and it was great. Um, and all the players were there, and I'm just still not used to it. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. And Ashley Barnes came up and said, "I am." And, and stuff Ashley like Barnes says, uh, Trace, do you want to make Jordan jealous and tell him about my little secret group? He's Go got on. a secret... It's not even a WhatsApp group because it's on text message, but he calls it a WhatsApp group. <laughs> <laughs> With the two Ashleys, and it makes Dad feel really young because they send him memes. Oh, no. And they send him, yeah, it makes Dad feel like a like a young, sprightly man. Who's in a are, I've got to say that. They are funny. They are funny. Don't they do? Don't they share cabs? Don't they call it ash cabs or something? Yeah, yeah. And actually, he's still got his little his little sort of electric car. But so they really are funny. We have a very good laugh. And of course, I I run this joke with with them and with the gaffer that I'm the co gaffer. So we have we have a we have a good old winch together about you know the other gaffer not really being on it. <laughs> yeah, what do you? I've I've only met Sean uh, briefly at the Players Awards, but I'd love to like do an interview with him. I just I I don't know about you, Grace, but I just I'm fascinated by him, like what he's done at. Uh, yeah, well, we did him on the podcast, and it was yeah. really fascinating. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, tell you what, I tell you what, you give um, Joey Barton a run for his money. That was oh you, yeah, you that held was, your, uh... you held your own. There, you must have been proud of it there, Alistair. Yeah, it's good. He's, a, he's 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 got a lot to say and he's um 
And he's, an he's very good. <clears throat> yeah, he's a very good communicator. So he's very good at making you feel like whatever he's saying is right. Yeah. And I, I was really reluctant to do it, actually, that one, because I was just like, he's so controversial. Like, there's just so much about it. But in the end, I was glad that we did because yeah. I thought it was like a fascinating conversation. I don't think he gets challenged that much. No, he doesn't. By a woman. Yeah. He's good. I, I listen, I, I was sorry when he left because, I, I mean, it's a fantastic setup fleet, what it really is. And he, you could see he's kind of got something about him on the football front. Mm, what happened um, there? Was it just and he, run of results? Or? No, no, I think because they were doing reasonably well. I mean, I, I told him afterwards, I think he's, he's, he's said, I think genuine, that he and the chairman just had a different view about where the players were coming from and, and how the club should go. Oh, fair so, uh, yeah, yeah. But when you, I've got to say, I the, the only time, do you remember I sent you a message and I didn't realise you couldn't get messages, but it was when I think we were playing Wolves and this bloody pitch side advert. Happy yeah. place, happy place, happy place, good luck Jordan, in the He was really jealous. He what was really jealous. What's going on? Have you he seen like, uh, he was like, I've never had this. Have you seen the billboard outside now? Outside turf. There's a massive. Oh, have you not seen oh, it? Happy, pl- happy place. Yeah, there's a big picture of my billboard, of my face on a billboard outside Turf Moor. And it says, happy place, happy place, that the mayor paid for. The mayor and the And they've, wow. also, they've also got this whole new merchandising brand, happy place now. Yeah. Really? Are you getting any uh, royalties? No, so <laughs> I, I, this is when I nearly burst into tears. So I, I, we come off. Uh, the final, and then Ant said to me, oh, by the way, Happy Place has turned into a bit of a thing. I was like, well, again, I didn't even know they put that in because I was in that coffin for about 10 minutes. And he said, oh, yeah, they've sold some T-shirts and it's raised money for is it Pendleside Hospice. And yeah. he said Pendleside straight away. And then I just like, started work, getting work, worked up. I was like, how does he know? Because Pendleside Hospice is this little tiny hospice in Burnley. And they've looked after uh, my auntie, they looked after my uncle recently who died uh, last year. So it, it's raised money for Pendleside Hospice and um, Burnley Kitchen. I forget what the kitchen's called. Um, community Kitchen. So it's a, um, a food bank in Burnley. So I was like, uh, and last time I checked, I think it was near 40,000. I think it's nearly raised from both. Have you been to Burnley since you left? No. I'm a celeb. I'm no. absolutely gutted because all my family got behind me and they were, I told them not to do, I said, don't do any press. I was like, I'll leave it all to me. Don't do any press because um, you never know how it can be twisted or anything like that. Next thing you know, I get sent a screenshot of my mum on Lorraine in a dressing gown. <laughs> <laughs> she went, we just thought we wanted to get, and to be fair to them, they were like, look, it would have last week. No one thought I'd get to the final. So they were like, we just wanted to, get a bit of momentum going and get people voting. Oh, yeah. so that's so cute. Because of the tier system, I've not been back. Then I was going to go back for Christmas. I hired a car and everything. Then uh, it got announced that even though we got promised we'd be all right for Christmas, it got announced that we couldn't go up. So I just... Why do you do... Why do you get into... I've, I've been to a few games doing the Clarets Plus commentary. Why do you do that? I've done hey, that. Don't. And then the only thing I'm a bit wary about that is I think... A, a fan got see. I can't remember who it was, but basically there were like famous fans that were seen in in the crowd, like being invited, and it backfired a bit on Twitter. And then, yeah. So what you got to do oh, the commentary? I do the commentary, but I just part of me is it. It feels like it just feels bad. I want to go on when the fans are on. I know that sounds like I'm 
taking the, the moral high ground. God, Dad, he's so much more down to earth. No, Grace, at least he's not a bigger fan. No, he's not a bigger fan. He thinks he's better than everyone, Jordan. <laughs> I've been in, this is another thing as well, um, since I've been on Radio 1, and I'm not just saying this to, this is my reason, I've been invited to like come into the box or um, have lunch with a chairman, a chief exec, and yeah, I'd love to do it, but my argument is, for me, going on turf isn't just the football. It's the getting the train up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the day itself. It's, you know, you speak to the fans on the train. You always meet someone new on the train. It's mm. going in the pub afterwards with your cousins and, and my brothers and watching the game that's on at half 12. You know, we always make sure we're in for the half. So it's that. It's the arguing with you, like me and my cousin and my older brother. We've had screaming matches at each other when Burnley have lost and... He's going, he's not shit. You never give him a break. You're on his back all game. And, and like, you know what it's like. He's like, he's not, I think that were about Hendrix, actually, because I used to stick up for Hendrix. A lot of fans didn't like him. I so liked him. It's, yeah, it's the game itself. It's getting behind him. And I'd miss that. And I sit on the away end now in the cricket field stand. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If, and that's a really good atmosphere. It feels like mm. you're on an away game because you all just stand up. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I will probably. So you're, you're definitely a much more down to earth. Dad goes, he likes to get oh, his sandwich meal. Oh. He likes to go and get his sticky toffee. 101 away ends. 101. Yeah, but you've got All like listed. 35 years so, on do you, do you go in the box in that then, Alistair? Do you, are you part of the prawns? Yeah, he does, yeah. Jordan. He yeah. does. Only if Grace comes, he always says, I've got to sit in the director's box, Dad. Yeah, I only go to football matches if I'm in the box, but that's because I don't like being cold. I like my little blanket. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't like being cold. And, and let me tell you, turf, I've been to a lot of football games. I still think Turf Moor is one of the coldest. Or Newcastle. The coldest. That, that Boxing Stoke. Day match. Stoke. Oh, a few people say Stoke because the wind whips around in Stoke. Mm, it cold, does. It, it yeah. does, yeah. That's one of the 101 away grounds I've been to many, many times. Listen, I looked at, uh, looking at your Wikipedia, this did make me laugh, right? So when you go Jordan North on Google and it comes up like 195 billion, you know, mentions, but then when you get into it, it's partly because it's Jordan the country and Jordan Katie Price. Yeah. Got, and then it says, you're, have you seen your first line on Wikipedia? <clears throat> it says it says you're not to be confused with Jordan North, the constituency in Hong Kong. <laughs> I, <don't>, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't been. I just wondered if your mum and dad knew that the names you have to be part of Hong Kong. No, I didn't actually. I did. I don't. I, and somebody told me it's constituency. I tell you what, if if I had a pound for every time someone says to me, "What's your real name?" and I'm like, "What do you mean?" Like, and I go, "Jordan North." They're like, no, 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 not your DJ name, your real name, because. <laughs> A lot of people think I've got a, a proper, it's a DJ name. I was once having an argument with a guy down here at a barbecue and didn't have my wallet on me. And I was like, no, honestly, that's my real name. He's like, no, come on. What's your real well, name? Well, it's because loads of DJs will put like London in their, like, in their like yeah. new name. So oh. It's like, it does sound perfect for you that your surname is North. North. And how, I how, um, how political are you? Uh, yeah, I'm very political. Uh, not very. I mean, um, I am, you know, I've, I'm, I've got my views, and I, 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 I vote for the same. I've voted for the same people since uh, I could first first start voting in the 2010 election was my first yeah. vote. Okay. Anyway, so Jordan, when you got your, um, when you got your, you, you, you realised that you hadn't won. I want, I want to test your winning mentality now. Were you utterly devastated and gutted, and did you want to sort of, you know, get hold of Giovanna Fletcher and just, you know? 
no, not all. And I've I've read winners. I've read winners as well. Have you? Yeah, my dad got me that, and my dad's such a geek. He loves a book like that, and he's he's like highlighted loads of bits. And Good stuff. man. <laughs> Love you, dad. Um, but um, not honestly. I'm not just saying it. I, I never thought I'd get to the final. I I, I thought I'd because I'm I'm under no illusions. I was the least well known in there. Like before I went in, and I can imagine when my name come up on the telly, the whole nation went ooh. And some maybe <laughs> 15, 16 year old daughter that was on a phone going, "Oh, I've heard him on the radio. Maybe that." <laughs> um, but I I thought I'd best I'd come out halfway. Um, and I had a lot, like, I just thought I'd try and avoid doing all the trials because I didn't want to do any. Maybe do a couple, I can cope with bugs and I can maybe do an eating trial and then I'd come out halfway and um, I'd maybe go on Celeb Juice on ITV and hopefully um, when there's, hopefully it'd keep me at Radio 1 for a couple more years. So I never thought that. And when they announced, and then in the final you do think, oh God, I could win this. But no, I wasn't massively... God, and I didn't really have time to think about it. And then as soon as I switched my phone on and I seen my mum FaceTime and she's like telling me about everything, I was like, oh, God. And then and then my agent called me and he was like, oh, yeah, we've, uh, it's, it's been good. So, <laughs> it's, 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 have, you, have you been watching Call My Are you going to watch Call My Agent? Have you seen that? No, what's that? Oh, you got to see it. It's the best so thing on good. TV. It's, French show. it's like about, about a French agency. But just the relationship between agents and their clients. Oh. I mean, it's so funny. It's a comedy. Yeah, I think in, it was in, in the French version, it's, it's, yeah, in the yeah. French version, it's called Mister Tempers. Uh, it's called yeah, ten percent, ten percent, ten percent. Yeah, I've seen that in the Times magazine. Oh, you gotta watch it. You gotta yeah, because yeah. the new season starts tomorrow. But that is, I mean, I bet your agents pretty happy days. Yeah, it's been weird. Like I went for a run the other day, and two builders. Was screaming something and I pulled my earphone out and you were going happy place happy place I was like oh, this, is, this is strange and I went into Tesco's just before Christmas I had my mask on but I, I didn't take my cap and I had to leave I got like everyone was coming up for, it was nice like, I'll really? never be rude. yeah and I'm never like, and not used to that so and I, I think it'll die down like it will die down you know but what's also weird, I have thought about this a lot, is like getting really famous in like the pandemic because you're not used to like it would have been so different if you'd have come out and then you'd be going out all the time doing events. Like it will be a bit of a shock to the system, I think, once yes. it goes like to normal and you will suddenly be getting recognised a lot. I've I said that as well, Grace. I was like, it's it's kind of in a way in a you don't want to say blessing, want for a better one. No, it is it is a nicer experience. Yeah. Um because like I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be going to parties and stuff anyway. That's not my sort of thing. Like turning up at the opening of envelope, but you know the work has been steady. And it's funny, I seen one of the execs from the show last week, and she said, "Oh yeah, usually you'd be, you'd be mad busy now. Like even if you didn't weren't in the final, there's always something." Uh, so it's been steady, and that's been good. And the only really manic week is next week. I'm interviewing the new chairman next week. Oh, owner. good. Yeah. He's got COVID, you know. Yeah, that's why it was meant to be this week. So it's been moved to right. next week. Oh, good. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm careful of what I've got to say because first day I came out, I went on to Greg James's breakfast show on Radio 1. And me and Greg's mates. And he was like, so how's it been? And I'm telling him all this stuff. And my phone's ringing. And basically, I said too much. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing that. And my agent was like, shut up. Shut up. It's not signed off. So Jordan, think, listen, yeah. listen, let me say about it. You're the boss. Yeah. 
He's there for yeah, you. Yeah, you do what you want. You're the boss. It's like, I'm Grace's agent and she knows she's the boss. I Are you her agent? Hey, no, I'm he's, not, he's my manager. <laughs> my manager. My manager. Like, like Chris Jenner. But you're right. It's been uh, it's been nice. Uh, it's been steady, and be, I've pretty much been back on my weekend show since I got back, and that's been something really nice and something to focus on. And I love that because, like, I was on, and then the weekend after, I started talking about the castle, and we just got texts going, "Right, we get it. You're on the castle. Move on." And you need that. You need yeah, that. Yeah, I love yeah. our listeners. They're like, "Right, shut up, going on about it now. We get it. You were on I'm a Celeb," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And, and what about you? Got you got a podcast as well with your. Your etiquette stuff. Your, your, yeah. your, etiquette. What is that about? What is that about? Etiquette. So William Hansen and I. Why are you saying it like that, Dad? Well, because, you know, because etiquette is just like. Why are you saying you, it like that? Etiquette. William, etiquette. William and William and you are saying it weird. So you're saying it so weird. Etiquette. Etiquette. Oh, is it etiquette? etiquette. Okay. Oh, so basically, we he's he is the UK's leading etiquette expert. He goes. Oh, no, he, honestly, he goes. Oh, listen, Jordan, he said it. He says on you. I looked at the website. He says he says he's coached members of royal families around yeah, the world. Yeah, oh, hey, Alistair, he's going away in a couple of weeks. I can't tell you to who, but he, 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 he All right, he appears on this morning, and he's always on like daytime TV shows and stuff. And he's got that's media, what makes me worried. He's got media career, but he's like the guy does well for himself. He teaches. Has he met the queen? The Has he met the queen? Yeah, he has. I don't think he teaches the Queen etiquette, but it's he, he, like a lot of businesses that come to London, every big part of his clients, the Ritz and stuff, he's, they're part of his clients. And we basically met. I was on work experience at Five Live and I had to make him a cup of tea. And even then he was proclaiming to be the UK's leading etiquette expert. He was on Tony's Livesey show. He was always a guest on Livesey's show. Yeah. Uh, another Burnley fan. How old is he? Same age as me, 30. Wow. 31. Uh, and we, we've been friends, and then we met there, and then we got introduced again at a party. My housemate went to uni with him, and we've been uh, we've been mates ever since then, a few years ago. Everyone said you should do a podcast together, so we do. And we couldn't come from two different worlds. He's, like, privately educated. His dad's, uh, his mum and dad, are, they're lovely, but he's from Bristol. He's, you know, we, we don't talk politics, but our politics are very different. And we do. How do you even become an etiquette expert? I don't even understand. You say you're an etiquette expert and you say you've met a few real <laughs> and you get you get a working class bloke from Burnley and you say, let's do a podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. But it's some of it, like, and we've gone on tour together and stuff, and just there's nothing sold surprises out. me. You sold, had... you, you sold out in uh, some, you, a couple of them have sold out already. Yeah, we've sold out already, even with COVID, but like, it's. We just some every day he fascinates. He's never had a pint of lager in his life. Um, uh, on you know, with, he's never had angel delight and jelly and stuff like that. He's Is that just, not very good etiquette? He's yeah, also, uh, do you, what like, are you talking about? You, you talk about how you speak or where you put the cutlery? Yeah, or what? Another one at the moment is what do you do now you don't shake hands? So he's like the elbow, you know, he, he comes up with different things. The, the podcast, like. I want. I went to Monaco with him because the uh, uh, Daily Mail wanted him to review. This is, he, he's a writer as well. He's got two books on etiquette out. He has. 
She's got two etiquette books. <laughs> I wish you could see Alistair's face oh, right God now. Sake. I wish you could see Alistair Campbell's face right now. And he, <laughs> he took me to Monaco, right? And we Monaco, what's it called? Hotel de Paris. They've just done it up and the Daily Mail wanted him to write a review about it because he's, he's very funny and witty. So he's writing a you know, and his, his, his boyfriend couldn't come. He said to me, do you want to come? I went, yeah, why not? So we recorded the podcast there. And this sums up in it. We got out of the car, this, like, lovely private car that picked us up from the hotel we got out of the car and the car drove off we're in this lobby and i'm going the bags he's got the fucking bags he's nicked the bags and william's like darling he's taken him to the back they're brought up through a different exit i was like oh god i'm chasing this bloke out of the bloody lobby thinking he's picking me bags <laughs> so that sums up that's uh, okay well it's well, it like a good dynamic to be honest <clears throat> Tell him the next time I'm I'm with the Queen, Prince Charles, Harry, or William, I'll just say, this guy William, Jordan North's etiquette advisor. I'm going to check him out. I'm going to check him out. He does, and he advises on TV programs and stuff. And like, he'll watch Downton Abbey, and he'll be like, "Oh, that that fork shouldn't be there." And that. <laughs> honestly, honestly. <laughs> oh, this is what I don't understand. Who gave him the right to decide this? He he never. This he's is another thing. So, he's so sure of himself. He never refers to himself. I love him. He's like one of my best mates. He never refers to himself as an etiquette expert. He calls himself an etiquette coach, but he likes to be introduced as an etiquette expert. We've got to get them on together. Oh, I know. Yeah. Do you know what? We should have got. Well, Wait, you know what? He, he would hate me and Dad because our etiquette is outrageous. No, I mean, Dad. No, Dad flicks his bogeys. Oh, piss off, Grace. That's too, too much he, information. He does so much disgusting No, stuff. Grace, enough, enough. So <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's I, I know. I know how to talk to people, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, though. Do you know something? You know something? I've got a real thing about titles. I can't, you know, because I hate the honour system. Mm. You never hear, if, if I meet somebody, I would never say sir or lord or lady or any of that stuff. You know, whereas he would say, you know, when you, you, you say, what is, what is it between? You call her Her Majesty the first time, then you call her Mom. Yeah. And there's a funny word. Ask him how you pronounce Mom. It's, Next time, it's, I wanna... it's, it's Mam as in Ham, not Mom as Correct. in Ham. Yeah. <laughs> See, I know it because he, he tells it me all. So, oh, oh there's all sorts of notes. Like now, once, like, the, here's two things for you. you. When you stir coffee, you don't actually stir it. You've got to do it. It's back and forth with your fork. Okay. Right. When you're stirring, so now with a spoon. So now I can't stir because I'm like that's not. And another way is when you're eating soup, you've got to eat soup away from you. You scoop it away from you. So now when I have soup, I can't. I what? Yeah, you have to scoop the. So soup. then, how do you get it in your mouth? No, no, I you mean, before, you scoop the you scoop the soup away from you. So usually, most people scoop it towards. Well, you, let's all go for lunch, and then I'll show uh, them how I. It's fascinating. He, he is. He is fanatic. <laughs> uh, you and him as well. Be great together, Alistair. Because you, you know. no, we should definitely do that. We definitely do that. Uh, or maybe we. <laughs> and it, but why is it called how I help our sex, sex in my sex book? Have you done Dad, that? Do you know what sexed means? Yeah, Grace happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted it to be um, a podcast that'd help out basically millennials and and like not just millennials, Gen Z as well, I suppose, and help out with modern day problems and. A big modern day problem is imagine if you sexted your boss, and people yeah. have done that. But actually, recently we had some uh, in 
this week's episode that's just gone out, we had someone who sent a naked, full-on naked picture to their mother-in-law, and we had to advise them and help them. So I was once um, I'm not I don't I didn't don't worry, Dad. This isn't going to be explicit, but I was once (laughs) in a WhatsApp group with like Sadiq Khan, Nicola Sturgeon. It was when I was doing the Edinburgh Fringe. I was in this WhatsApp group with all of these politicians. And I, yeah, and I had these intrusive thoughts. But the whole time I was in the WhatsApp group, I kept thinking, fuck, I'm going to send a nude by accident. I actually once accidentally showed my dad a nude, but but this was really, <laughs> this was really stressful because I was like, if I accidentally send, like, Nicholas Sturge, there was a Tory MP in there as well. It was like, go, Jess Phillips. I mean, it's like all these politicians. I just thought, God, it could be an amazing story if I just sent them. <laughs> That would be that would be great. That would be brilliant. Um, well, Jordan, thank you so much. Yeah, you've given us a lot of your time there. Oh, don't yeah. be daft. Much uh, appreciated. Not much on now. Uh, thanks for having me. I, I, I've been listening to podcasts. You're wonderful. Started, so thanks for having me. So you liked him, didn't you, Grace? I could tell. Well, I um, yeah, for sure. What I find really interesting, right, so um, you are not that interested in, like, reality TV or that concept of, like, not overnight fame, but the exposure that going on shows like I'm a Celebrity mm. gives you. And I find it super interesting that he was pretty upfront about, like, going on I'm a Celeb and then coming out and suddenly being more famous and, and how that feels. Also, I like that he was upfront about the fact that he did it, you know, because he was going to get paid. Yeah, when well, he was short money. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Why can't we just be more honest about stuff like that? Mm, mm. There's no shame in that. And I also... I um, did find it interesting, that, that thing about all this stuff was going on outside about him and Burnley and Happy Place and Turf Moor and all that, and he had no idea. It's like a social experiment. Mm. Because yeah. that's quite cool. Do you remember when we did Big Brother on Holiday once? Mm, we did do Big Brother on Holiday, and it was called Big Grace. Yeah, because it was. A and I, I was the no, it was me and Grace Gould, yeah. and we were the Big Brothers. Like we owned the diary room, <laughs> and you, you didn't win. I didn't understand what was going on. It was people got voted out. Oh, did I get voted out? You know, you got into the final. We made you all do challenges. What did I do? Um. Probably you were really horrible and offensive and pushed pushed people over and, and cheated and and you were probably just very rough, okay, you know, like cool. savage. Is okay. that is what you are? Well, I got to win. Something you might not know about my father, um, podcast listeners, is that um, famously, whenever he plays a competitive sport, usually football, he will just, even when the ball is not even meters near him, he will just tackle someone for no reason, and then get in a fight. I'm very proud of him mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. the person that he's become. So and it was good to talk to him about Burnley. I think, did you get a better understanding, because he's more your generation than mine, of, of how the power of that football club thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, I totally already knew that. What I like thinking about is his experience with Burnley is so different to yours. He goes up and meets his friends and his brothers. They go to the pub and get pissed. Mm. Sounds more like my kind of football experience as mm. well. They, they they like to just go and, you know, get on it, go to the, the game, get really drunk, regardless of the really regardless of the result, just be quite happy. Okay. Um no, I really like Jordan. I thought he was a cool dude and you know, obviously really nice to talk to someone who can take the piss out of you as well. <laughs> do, you think it's, do you think it'll be hard for him to come back to earth? I mean, he's, he's, he's got a big profile now, hasn't he, on social media. And he does. His, but then his don't radio you think, programme's going well. 
Well, he'll get he'll get loads of work. But I. But a lot of those people just fade away, don't they? Yeah, but because he's already at BBC at Radio yeah. One, I do think he'll now move up. You know, mm. the ladder there. But also, it's that thing that he was saying about it's really weird to become really famous during a pandemic because mm. he's had no experience of what it's like actually going out and about and being recognised and stuff no, he had like that. Yeah, a bit that. of it, didn't he? The builders yeah, exactly. But can you imagine that's just him walking... If he was going to restaurants and pubs and everything. Would, if he was going to re- Burnley... Would he really be with that well-known? No, well, he's just... Burnley, when he went into the jungle, he had, like, I want to say, like, max 50k followers, and now mm. he's got, like, 800,000. But, like, if he, if he was walking down the street in London now, would people stop him? I don't know, but I just think, on average... On a busy day, he'd get he'd definitely get recognised as much as you do. What? So what is he? Is he more famous than me? Do you get recognised anymore? (laughs) You know, I got recognised loads the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah, recognised in in Morrison's. uh, Got recognised. Someone asked to take a picture of me on the heath. Mm. Um, On the Hampstead Heath. Yeah, it was my mum. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway. So has he overtaken me as Burley's most famous? I don't think not yet. No. Because, you yet. know, have I told you, I'm, I'm now up to 103 grounds. I've checked them all out. I've been to... I've seen Burnley away. But that doesn't grounds. really... Com- that doesn't contribute no. to you being Burnley's most famous fan. No. But what we couldn't... What we didn't really decide is... Being Burnley's most famous fan, in quotes, is it about how famous you are? So, for example, Prince Charles is more famous than I He's am, He's not right? a Burnley fan. He sort of is, but he just never goes. He says he supports Burnley, but he just You're never lying. goes. You're lying. No, I'm not. Cause he's Why? Because the Prince's Trust does a big thing up in the in that area. What? That so is so weird. So he's always said he's a Burnley fan, even though... But he's not right. But, so, all right, forget him. Let's say, let's say David Beckham suddenly said he's a Burnley mm. fan, right? So he suddenly becomes Burnley's most famous fan. Of course. But he's not... The, the the burnliness is important, I think. So my famous fanery is to do yeah. with the burnliness of the fact that I have seen the... Well, but that's like, you know away. how Usain Bolt supports... He supports Man United, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, He would probably be Man United's most... Do you know what I mean? But he's not from Manchester. So I don't really know how you're marking this. You're just trying to move the margin so you can win. <laughs> OK. Anyway, no, I think happy. you're the winner. You're oh, the winner. Oh, great. You're great. the winner. OK, well done. OK. Thank you very much. Love and kisses. Say love and kisses. Love and kisses. And next up we've got... Um... <laughs> Don't say who. Oh, yeah. is that bad marketing? Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.